Welcome to the Decades of Strength podcast. We are Kim, Marcy, and Katie. We are three women on one mission. We are obsessed with empowering women to gain confidence, build strength, and ditch feelings of unworthiness. So grab your chair, come sit at our table, and let's talk. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Decades of Strength podcast. This is Marcy, and with me today, it is only Kim. Katie is on a bit of a hiatus because she is deep in cookbook launch mode, so that'll be exciting. Another cookbook is in the works and will be released soon, so we didn't want to overwhelm her with one more thing on her to-do list, so she will be back for her cookbook. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. Sure is. So I don't know a whole lot about it. What the, if there's a specific topic, not a topic, but she told us and I forgot already because that's the kind of memory I had, but there is some kind of theme and I feel like she said she's going to be more like talking about, there's going to be like stories or something. Yeah. Kind of like her journey with food. I feel like something like that. Yeah. Something like that cool. Like, I think we're going to learn more about Katie while getting all these cool recipes. Exactly. Yes. So looking forward to that. Yeah. So yeah, we're going to do a listener Q and a, just answer a question that we got from someone, but first I want to hear all about your trip to the grand Canyon. It was so fun. It was fun. It was was really fun. It was a it was fun up to a point. And then I was like, what the heck am I doing here? Yeah. Um, so I walk was, us through it. Yeah. So it's one of those things where you, you just get so excited for it. Cause you're, you, I, I trained for it. I decided to do it in June and started training for it right after and just spent all summer like planning. And this is way out of my wheelhouse of like what I know I'm good at. Right. Uh-huh. And my friends kept telling me this summer. So why are you so worried of like about training so hard for this? She's like, you're in really great shape. And I had to keep explaining to her that like in good shape is really like it's specific to the thing that you're doing. And I'm like, look, if we're in the Grand Canyon and a boulder falls on you, I'm your girl. Like I'm going to be able to deadlift that thing off of you. Like that's what I'm good at. Like I'm strong, Mm -hmm. Uh, but endurance is not my wheelhouse. Like that's not what I'm good at. I'm actually terrible at it. I'm a power lifter. I take three minute breaks between everything I do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, she was not getting it. Like, like why I was so concerned about this, but um, I was really nervous about it, but very excited. Um, wow, is that place remote? When we got onto the North Rim the night before, it like the, the darkness around you was not like what I see in suburbia. Like it is dark and there was like no service but it was really exciting to be there. And we started the hike in the dark. And that was honestly my favorite part, which is what oh, I can imagine. Yeah. I was actually concerned about that part. I'm like, guys, we're going to be like on the edge of cliffs and it's dark. Like, does no one else feel like this could be a bad idea? So did, did you have like headlamps or flashlights? Yeah. There were six of us who went, we all wore headlamps. Um, and it was super cool. Like walking onto that trail and it's pitch black and you're just heading down and you could feel like you just knew it was out there. You knew like there's this big, beautiful like hole out there, but you can't yeah. see it yet. Cause it's so oh, dark. I just got chills. Right. It was really yeah. cool. And the sky is so dark and there was a lot of clouds, but when the clouds would part, the stars were so bright and the moon was wow. so bright and the, everything oh. was so black. And after a while you could start to see like across the Canyon, we could start to see the silhouette of the other part of the Canyon of the other side. 
And it was just incredible. It was just incredible. Like the silence that was there, except for our voices. And there are plenty of people on that trail. Where I, where I hiked all summer in preparation for this here in Pennsylvania was far more like, wow, there's no one here than the Grand Canyon. I would hike for eight hours and run into three people this summer. There, there are just people everywhere. It's not mm. crowded. It's not like you're at yeah. the mall crowded, but <laughs> the mall like, crowded. You can but imagine. Every few minutes, someone's coming by one direction or the other, yeah. but it's still really, really quiet. So I really thought that part was cool. We did start the day out too slow. Our plan was to go three miles per hour on the whole downhill. So like you go down all the way down um, from 8,000 feet down to 2,000 feet. And so it's, it's a big loss. Like, so you're just going down. Um, and that's Is over. Steep? There were very few parts that were like super steep. Like when you're coming up, it certainly feels like this is exhausting. Like it's not super gradual, but I've done steeper things like out of the Grand Canyon that felt more like dangerous. Like, wow, I'm climbing. There wasn't anything that felt like I'm climbing. Did you have poles? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. You had all the equipment. Yeah. I had all the equipment and those were really important, like on the way down. Cause like, gosh, they really helped to save your knees Mm -hmm. on the way down. Sometimes I feel like the, the way down is more, uh, not like more difficult, but more uncomfortable than yeah, and way it up. for a lot of people. We went way too slow. And one of the reasons we went so slow is that, so there were six of us, five women and one man. He was the husband of one of the other ladies who went and he had problems with his knees. And I don't think he realized how much of a problem he was going to have. And he had a lot of problem. He told me later in the day, he's like, I was worried with every step. My knee was going to give out. Once we oh. got down and we were done going downhill, he was great. So we were going a little bit slower for him. We were also going slower because people seemed really interested in just taking a lot of pictures. And I was like, the whole time, I'm like, we should be going faster, people. <laughs> We've got a long road ahead of us. Right. Um, and later in the day, I definitely regretted that we went it went so slow in the morning because um, it took us way longer. We had we thought it was going to take 12 or 13 hours. It ended up taking 15 hours because we had wow. some issues. First issue being we went way too slow in the beginning. Um, but it was beautiful. So much different. Like you start at the top and it's like evergreen trees. And then down at the bottom, it's like cacti. So you go through all these different ecosystems, walk along these rivers. It was beautiful. Crossing the Colorado was incredible. Like it was just so powerful. And to see this rushing water and it was big and it was bigger than I thought it was going to be. And I loved that. And the climb up was every bit as hard as I had anticipated. Like I knew it was going to be hard. It was going to be really hard. And when we were about like four miles from the top, I was like, oh my gosh, that looks really far up. <laughs> like, like, I don't think this is going to go that great, but I was like, all right, trying to be in a good mood still. And we'd already been hiking most of the day at that point, it was four miles. And we knew the last couple of miles were like, it's going to be really slow going. And it got to be incredibly slow going because I started to feel ill. Um, I was around four miles. I was feeling nauseous, like little bits here and there, but like, whatever, like no one's feeling great at this point. Right. Some, everybody's having a problem with something at this point. So I'm like, it's okay. Like I'd kind of like, just let it kind of wash over me and then move on and it would come back go. But by the time we got to three miles from the top, so we only have three miles left. I was so sick to my stomach and I was shaky. Like, you know, when you like, just don't feel well. And you're like, I just like, what I really need to do is like lay down and put a blanket over me, but I've still got three miles to hike up. Right. Mm -hmm. And I started, I was getting worse. The the further on we went, the worse I was getting. And I couldn't figure out what was going on. Now I was hiking with two doctors. So that was really useful. And I felt really secure for that reason. But I got to the point where like, 
every time I would take a step up, some of the going up and going down is like a ramp. And some of it is like big stairs. Hmm. And on the ramp, I was better, but on the stairs, like you have to actually lift your leg up and like my thigh would kind of run into my stomach and I would literally start to like heave, Oh but my not, gosh! but nothing would come up. And so I was like, <laughs> I really kind of thought I'd feel better if something would come up, but I apparently don't have that talent. I could not make myself vomit <laughs> and maybe it wouldn't have helped anyway, but I just started feeling so heavy. Like I felt like I was going to vomit. I felt like my muscles were so heavy. Like I couldn't like every step was like plodding along. And my friend who was there, who's a doctor, actually she's a new friend. She was my friend of my friends who was a doctor. She told me later um, that she got very concerned when she went to help me up. I took a break and she offered me her hand. And she said, when she felt that, that I was so clammy Mm. that her her antenna went up and she's like, that's not right. And that's when she started taking my pulse. And I'm like, I feel worried now that you're taking my pulse. And she didn't do anything to treat me medically, but I was, she was just there with me a lot. She was sharing her water and her food um, and things because I had electrolyte stuff in my water and I was getting nauseated from that. At one point, I'm like, I just need plain water. And then we ran into this man and him and his wife, they were sitting, they had like emergency phones in a couple of spots. They were sitting by the emergency phone and it actually scared me when I saw him. I thought he was having, I thought he was having a seizure when I saw mm-hmm. him because he was shaking so hard, but he wasn't. The wife said he'd been this way for a while, that he had to sit down and he couldn't stop shaking. He was very large, like a very, not fat, but like very large, a tall, big man. And my friend's like, we can't carry this man out of here. She's like, even with all of us, if we were in good shape, we're like not as tired. We're not gonna be able to carry this giant man but he could not stop shaking. He said every muscle in his body was like cramped. He was like hunched over. Um, And so the two doctors looked at him and they're like, we need to use the emergency phone. You definitely need to call. Well, I, my friend and I decide we're going to keep hiking because I'm not well. She's like, we can't just wait here. So we leave the doctors with him. We start hiking on. They eventually catch up to us and they find out when you call emergency services from the Canyon, they don't come immediately. They said, if in two hours you need us, we will come. Stay there for two hours. If you still need us in two hours, we're what? two that's, hours. That's very irresponsible. I guess because this happens, kind of stuff happens and they can't come for everybody. So they want to really make sure you need them. So the doctor ladies are like, okay, number one, we're not leaving him. Like we're doctors. We don't leave people in this bad shape. And number two, we're not staying here for two hours. So they started like treating him. They like wrapped him in like everything they could find in people's packs and started rubbing his muscles like one by one to like warm him up and eventually got him on his feet. And so then they joined our very slow party. <laughs> so he's moving really slowly. I'm, he had this giant stride because he was so tall. So we were both really moving slowly. And I was even moving slower than him because every step was just like so much effort. So it sounds terrible, but I will tell you right up to this point, we just had a glorious day. Like it was magical, but those last three miles, and then it was crazy. We could hear, so our husbands, three of our husbands came and they were at the top waiting for us. Um, And they started yelling down to everybody. They could see everybody's headlights. You can look down and you can see the headlamps coming up in the dark, but you can't can't see who they are. And so they just were cheering for everybody. I could pick out my husband's voice and I was like, oh, we're close. We were still miles down. Wow. So it's dark again at this point? Oh, we got pitch black at this point. Oh my Lord. It's now pitch black. (laughs) When we ran across the man, it was already dark. So we're all out there in the dark and there are still plenty of people. There are people down below us. Like you, cause you could see the headlamps. There was a lot of people in that really dark Canyon. And so we're hiking out in the dark, which was not nearly as magical as hiking in. Cause I didn't feel good, 
But it was crazy that we could hear the voices up on the top. We could hear, it was just my husband and these two other men and they were yelling. They're like, you got it. And like, you're almost there. And I told them later, and so did some other people. They're like, stop messing with me. We, we're not almost there because you can hear them so many miles down. Um, yeah. One man who had run rim to rim to rim that day came up and he was like yelling at them. <laughs> he was like, you're messing with my mind. <laughs> like I was nowhere near the top. Um, it was crazy how well that canyon echoed, but we finally made it out. Uh, the doctor like shoved me to the ground oh my gosh. <laughs> and put my feet up in the air. And a few minutes later, I felt like a new person. So I was going to say, was it a blood pressure issue? It was, it was, it was. my blood pressure. And yeah. She didn't tell me that till later. Cause she needed me to just keep going. She's like, yeah, I just, she's like, you need to get out of here. But as soon as we got to the top, she like pushed me to the ground, elevated my feet. And then like, I felt like, and I didn't feel great, but I felt like, okay, like I can move again. Um, after just a few minutes. Right. Um, oh, wow. by the next morning, I felt fine. Like I was like, so like wiped out from it. Like even talking was a lot of effort, but by the next morning, except for the fact that we had like super doms, we were, we were all feeling good. Um, the man made it out. We don't know what happened to him after his friends met him up there. Oh my. Wow. It was, so, it was exciting. And like really quick, did you like, how do you fuel yourself during that time? Did you take breaks? Do you like, did you bring food? Yes, we obviously brought, brought food. food. I actually feel like I brought too much food. I was a bit of an overpacker. I had still unpacked a lot of food, but yeah, we ate. So I tried to eat like two to 300 calories an hour as we were walking. So either as we were walking, I would like, you know, eat pretzels or eat gummy bears, or like I would sit down and have a snack like at, at the little, there were rest houses all along the way. There's I think seven throughout the whole time we would sit and, you know, have a, a cliff bar or whatever. And at lunch, like I had a bagel with a tuna packet on it and, mm. um, okay. Like that. So yeah. So we ate the whole time, had my, you know, electrolyte powder in my water, all that kind of stuff. Everyone had like trail mix and this. So, yeah. We ate all day, we ate, right. ate, ate, drank, drank, drank. Um, I've been, I think I talked about him on the last episode. I've been obsessed with this guy, Andrew Huberman, who is a neuroscientist at Stanford and yes, he was, talking, oh my gosh, I'm just, I'm like fascinated by this man. <laughs> um, but I was listening to a podcast of his the other day and he was talking about, you know, how he sets up his day and that he noticed that he was experiencing like what he felt was low, uh, blood sugar. And he would start to shake a little bit. And he's like, no, really what it was, was like low salt and mm -hmm. a blood pressure issue. So that when you said that, like the shaking, cause that's what he yeah. was saying. It was like, oh, I bet that was a blood pressure issue. Not mm -hmm. like, cause I would think it would be low blood sugar too, especially if you were doing all that activity. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but so you did have electrolytes and all that. I did. And that's what I said. I still, I'm not sure. Like, did I not have enough? Did I have too much? I don't know. Cause you know, they said, I was talking to the doctor the next morning more about it. And I said, you know, what in the world caused that like drop in blood blood pressure? And she's like, you know, sometimes when you're overexerting, you, you, your body is taking all the blood and put it, putting it towards the muscles that need it. Mm -hmm. And that can happen. I'm like, well, it didn't happen to the rest of you though. So like, did I not have enough water? Did I not have enough electrolytes? Did I had too much. And she said, she didn't really answer me. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> she was very excited at the moment because we were like touristing the next morning. Like we came yeah. back, we didn't get to see the Grand Canyon at night. So we all met back in the morning and like took pictures and stuff. So I never really got mm -hmm. a clear answer. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if she oh, knew. Gosh. Well, that sounds like a magical experience. Now you're not making me want to do it, 
by any means, <laughs> but I do kind of want to go to the Grand Canyon on the full moon. If you don't yeah. know, I'm like fast. I am absolutely fascinated with the moon and the full moon and all that kind of stuff. And I would love to be in the Grand Canyon with the stars out, the full moon. Yeah. Not, uh, not well, doing here's the good. thing that you, a person doesn't have to hike from one side to the other to enjoy the Grand Canyon. So like our, our spouses just came and literally just saw the rim, which plenty of people do. They said like 90 over only like 1% of people actually make it down to the Canyon floor, like to the river, like 1% of the visitors who come go actually go wow. down there. So most people stay up at the rim, but you can also go and like hike a mile in and come back out or hike three miles in and come back out. There's a campground, um, Indian gardens. And that's like four miles. And you could like come and hike down four miles and camp. Uh, or you could like hike all the way down to the river, spend the night and come back out the next day. Like there's so many different options for like every ability level. Well, um, good to know. Yeah. I will tell you, we ran into a ranger on the park website. It says like, we do not suggest you do rim to rim one day. Like we do not suggest that. And I knew mm-hmm. that going into it, but like I said, we trained for it. We felt good about it. I'm still glad we did it. We ran into a ranger uh, like at the four miles from the top website. Uh, website? Why did it say website? Rest house. Because <laughs> we were talking about websites earlier. <laughs> I guess so. And he was really funny. Before we told him that we were hiking rim to rim, he was going off mad about people doing it. He's like, it's dangerous. People shouldn't be doing that. He's like, we get so many medical calls these days. And he's like, they're all in the last couple of miles. He's like, because he's stupid people hiking rim to wear him. We don't want them doing that. And I was like, oh, I'm like, hey, we're doing <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, but good news. I brought my own medical team. <laughs> we don't need you. Thank I you. don't need you, Ranger Rick. But um, oh, so it was really Rick. interesting. Like he, they really discourage it. I will say, because a lot of people, when they saw me doing it, they're like, I want to do that. Like really, really be aware of your ability levels, specifically, like how much have you trained? Like, I feel like I could, it's hard to, to simulate like that amount of elevation if you're not somewhere with that amount of elevation. Well, that's what I was going to ask you is even though you trained pretty extensively for this, did you feel like you were ready enough? I think one, had I not sprained my ankle, we were going to do a couple more longer hikes with more elevation, but like I couldn't. So Mm -hmm. that probably would have helped. But even that, like, I just don't have the same elevation here. Like I don't have 4,000 feet up that I can climb here. That's not available to me. Um, so I would say for sure, like people really need to, to be aware of their conditioning level. I do feel like my friends who were there who are marathon runners, because three of three of the six of us were, they fared much better. Mm, like that makes they, sense. They just they have more endurance. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, for somebody considering doing that, I would say be sure that you are in really good shape don't mm-hmm. go if you're questioning it at all. Sure. Like I, think I trained hard and was already in fairly good shape and it was freaking hard. Wow. And how'd your ankle hold up? Did you feel confident in that? I did. Um, it didn't bother good. me. So we were actually, <laughs> I stepped on a rock at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Like, so it was totally flat. And my friend who was right behind me, she's like, your ankle went totally sideways. Cause I, I still think <gasps> it's a little bit weak. So I wrenched it immediate pain and I had a moment of panic but I had my ankle brace thing that I bought exactly for that reason. I put it on and it was fine. Like I had a bit of a dull ache, but by late in the day, it didn't matter that I had a dull ache because everything hurts. <laughs> I don't feel like it inhibited me much. <laughs> Good. Well, I got I to gotta admit, I'm going to tell you, I did message you this because I was really expecting to get the minute by minute updates. And the last time I had seen anything from you, was it about 830 Pacific standard time the night before you were getting ready for bed. 
And I was like, oh, she's definitely going to put a story up like when they start. I, that was the plan. And, and I, I saw nothing. I was like, oh my God, like what's wrong with Kim? <laughs> I know, I know. So I was like, I don't know what pain. happened to our service. Cause the, I, I actually went into the bathroom in my, in my little cabin. Cause there was another lady staying in there with us and she had already gone to bed. And I'm like, all right. So I'm laying on the bathroom floor with my map, giving this cool thing. And I was like, I really should be in bed. And that dang thing would not, I didn't know it didn't upload till the next morning. I thought it yeah. had, and then there was like no service. And then there was no service that morning. And then as we got further from the little lodge we were staying at, the service got like, there was nobody had service. And so I was like, all right. So I was recording things and I intended to share them later that night. And then I was so not well by the time we got out. I was like, the la- I barely even spoke to my husband who'd been standing in the cold for five hours waiting for me. Right. Like, I barely spoke to him. I just was not well. And so I was not well enough like till the next day um, to really start talking. Yeah. So I had intent. I knew I wasn't going to be able to have any contact from down in the hole, but I thought, yeah, I, figured that. Rim, I yeah. thought from the rim, I would, but not on the North totally. room at all. The yeah. South room have service, but in the North room, there's like zero. It's like no man's land up there. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, I was worried about you just so you I'm know. I'm sorry. Like, I know. I was like, I kind of left people hanging. I'm in the middle of the story like, and then I'm going to, and then it wouldn't post anymore. So sorry. Guys. Oh man. Well, glad you made it. <laughs> I am so incredibly proud of you. That is an awesome story. So yeah. Yeah. You we'll be very we'll, proud we're going to do some more adventures. And we just realized if we got through that, there's probably not a hike in America that we couldn't do. So, exactly. so what's next? Maybe you need to go to Machu Picchu or like go out of the United States. <laughs> I don't know what we're going to do. Everest. Now. All of us are like, we definitely want to do, no, we're going to do somewhere in America again, but uh, we're not sure what we might do. Uh, it's kind of like after you have a baby, you're not ready to talk about like, having getting pregnant again yeah. and uh, as we were leading up to the hike we were all kind of and even in the beginning of the hike we're like oh what do we want to do next and everyone's throwing out ideas and by the end we're like we'll talk in a few weeks we'll talk <laughs> we're going to table this for a while nobody's ready to talk about that yet <laughs> well that's okay one last like kind of question is did you see any wild like exciting wildlife any snakes uh we did not see any exciting wildlife no we saw this really fun like perky deer that was like big it was bigger than the deer I have back here and it was like frolicking and it was super cute and I tried to get it on video and I missed it but otherwise no like we saw lots of little lizards Um, but I was hoping to see something cool and I was glad I didn't see any like crazy spiders I didn't see any scorpions I know people have told me they saw scorpions I'm pretty sure it was scorpions yeah we didn't see anything crazy which I was actually okay with oh yeah um, yeah no cool wildlife just cool like trees and flowers and and Mm, lovely well thank you for sharing your experience you got it and I'll be looking forward to seeing the YouTube video when it comes out yes my son is gonna make it for me I got him all the footage and I told him I'm like please tell me there's something on here that's usable did you bring your camera or did you bring an actual like I brought no I brought this like an actual camera like my son went and picked it up for me this summer and then taught me how to use it and I tried it on a lot of my hikes and I'd come home from my hikes and he'd he'd look at the footage he's like you got to get better at this mom (laughs) there's nothing there's nothing usable here so but he (laughs) looked at it and he's like there's plenty of usable footage so it's going to take him a while to go through it all and actually pull it into it but our goal is the end of this month it'll be up so right so that's the plan there all right, are we ready for a good question here? We'll we are ready for a question. Let's do it. All right, so here is this question. This one, this question is from Becky's New Attitude. And it says, I'm currently too busy farming. Now, you guys who are listening, you can take the word farming out. I'm currently too busy to do workouts. Should I just focus on nutrition and steps? What say you, Marcy? 
I say, absolutely. Don't let it be an all or nothing mindset, which so many people fall into that trap of, I can't do everything. I might as well just table it all until I have the time, the capacity, whatever it is to commit fully to everything. But I will say this, and I think it's where a lot of people still go wrong. And I know you and I are trying to have that conversation, you know, in the content that we create is exercise is not that great for weight loss. So your nutrition is going to be the big dial mover if body composition, well, I shouldn't say that. Um, If fat loss is your goal, then your nutrition and your non-exercise activity is going to be the biggest dial mover. Now, if you want to build muscle, then yeah, you're going to have to train. (laughs) You're going to have to be lifting weights. But if you just want to lose weight, lose body fat, then by all means, start now with your nutrition and your need. 100% agree. What I would add is whenever I hear somebody say like, I'm too busy and then insert because of whatever for whatever, um, the first thing I would say is question that. Are you really too busy? And how long are we talking about? Are you too busy for? Because if this is your life, like you're too busy farming to do workouts, like that sounds like a permanent thing. So like permanently, you're not going to exercise because of your job. Like that's not healthy for the long term. Like we know as women, like it's really important for our bones. It's really important, like long-term for us to do strength training. So if you have this belief of I'm too busy question, like what, what in this month, what in this woman's mind does working out look like? Does mm-hmm. she in her mind feel like she needs to commit an hour a day, five or six days a week? Like, so question, like, what am I actually too in, you know, I'm putting this in a little rabbit here too busy for, like, what do I think it is? And could it be something different? Does it have to be that? Could she like strength train, even if she strength trained two times a week, right? Sure. And did like 15, she could even start literally, she could start with like two or three sets of something one or two times a week. Is mm. it really the truth that you're too busy to do anything? And then I would say, uh, investigate what your priorities are because most of us have wasted time. And, you know, I'm not big on saying this whole, like everyone has the same 24 hours because we're all in different life circumstances. Look, I'm not a farmer. I don't know what she exactly has going. I have farmers in my family, but I'm not a farmer. So I don't know what is going on. And, you know, we're all at different stages in our life. So maybe what her workouts look like would be different than what my workouts look like. Give me just a second, guys. My dog is knocking on the door. Do you guys hear that? I do not hear. Lily May, what are you doing? Come on in the room. That puppy life. I can hear her sitting out there like, I'm thinking she's just going to keep doing it till I stand up. Um, Yeah. So really question when you say you're too busy, number one, if it's a priority for you, you can find some time. And number two, it doesn't have to be like Marcy said, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. You don't have to be like full bodybuilder routine um, or it's not worth it. Exactly. Well, I do have a client who she is not a farmer herself, but her husband is. And I know that there are certain seasons throughout the year. I think it's called harvest or something like that, where they are on the farm pretty much from, you know, sunrise to sunset. So she even made a joke. She's like, I'm basically a widow right now. (laughs) You're not a widow. So she, she said, I'm single momming it because my husband is so busy. So yeah, we don't really know the specifics of this woman's situation. And is she doing the majority of the farming? What are the hours like? So I feel like we need a little bit more information or context to really give more specific advice. But I do agree that you can do the, the very bare minimum 
is going to be better than doing nothing at all. And I mean, farming, it's labor intensive. Don't get me wrong. So yeah. there's, I think, yeah. a little bit of resistance training going in uh, to farming. You think so, but I don't know yeah. how much of it is me- mechanical today. I don't know. Do you right. sit on a tractor all day? I don't know. Yeah. I, uh, I should know more about farming considering how many farmers are in my life, but I don't know. <laughs> So, yeah, I think that you could certainly still do something like you mentioned, you know, one day a week, two days a week, even a one day per week, full body workout of two sets of everything is at least going to maintain your muscle. And if that loss is the goal, which it was, this the goal for her. Is that what she said? She didn't say, she didn't that's the other thing I would say for all of you listening, when you, when you think of asking other people, or you're just thinking to yourself, like, should I do this or should I do that? You always have to bring it back to what is my main goal? Because mm-hmm. the, the advice is going to be really different if somebody's goal is fat loss versus if somebody's goal is like, I want to age as healthily as possible versus I really want to like, look like I want to look super cool in my bikini, right? Like, yeah. and I want to build yeah. a ton of muscle. Like you got to start with like, what is my goal? Is X good for what? Yes. Desired outcome for sure. And, and I always go to just assuming that people are wanting fat loss just because, you know, because so many people, that's what they come to us for. It's yeah. often my go-to, which. So in this situation, yes, if fat loss is the goal, if you feel like you really do not have the physical, mental time capacity or availability, which again, I think is a limiting belief. I will admit that. <laughs> If that's really, you know, what you are dead set on and fat loss is your goal, then by all means, yes, focus on your nutrition, be in a calorie deficit, ensure that you are eating enough protein. Like those are going to be the big dial movers. And then I'm sure like if you're farming, your meat is going to be through the freaking roof, (laughs) you know, Um, you would think so. Uh, So be careful though. Don't use that as a justification to eat whatever you want. So you still do like yeah, your calorie deficit is likely going to be higher. And I would, I would go into the, the TDEE calculator and just get yourself a rough estimate on what your maintenance calories are, and then create a, a gentle deficit from there, especially if you're going to be on your feet a lot and your output is high. Uh, I would want to have as much fuel and energy as possible. You know, that's going to be different than, oh, I'm injured and I can't do anything, but sit on the couch, you know? So yeah, create, if again, if that was the goal, modest calorie deficit, and then yeah, meat is going to be high. If you're on the farm, you know, go for walks when you can. And then I would say though, like ask yourself, am I really being honest here? Like, can I find some time to fit in at least a little something to maintain the muscle that I do have? And Lane Norton, he put out something recently basically just saying like how little you actually need to do to maintain your muscle. Mm. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it is, it's not a lot just to far less than what you need to do to build it. Oh yes. Far less. And yeah, fat loss is the goal. Muscle maintenance is what we want to shoot for. So even a couple days per week, a couple of sets for every body part is going to be enough. And I would focus on, you know, the big or bang for your buck exercises. So squats, lunges, rows, presses, all of the things. Yes, absolutely. All right. Next question. This is from Leanne's Leanne's underscore account. Are EAAs beneficial? No. <laughs> well, I, I think, you know, EAAs are essential amino acids. So those are going to be different than the branch chain amino acids. Mm-hmm. So I think that there's a little bit of uh, nuance there. So the branch chain amino acids, I would say 
no, definitely not. Like save your money. And my, I spent so much money on branch chain amino acids. I did too back in the day because all the bodybuilders were like, this is what you need. And so I was like, okay, I got it. I, so there's this uh, website, it's still around today. It's called T Nation. And that, yep. So that was one of the first websites that I really started to read and get my advice from. And they also have a supplement line. So BioTest is their supplements and it, they're very good supplements, but they had, they didn't have branched chain amino acid powder at that time, which now it's like a cocktail, (laughs) you know, like the powders taste really good. Um, so people will put that in their water and, you know, drink it, whatever. Uh, but I was taking these, like they were literal horse pills Mm. and probably you needed like 20 a day to get the recommended dose. And yeah, just money down the drain. So no, save your money on the branch chain amino acids, because you can get that from your food if you are eating enough protein, but the essential amino acids, those are a little bit different because your body cannot manufacture those on its own. Yeah. So I agree with Marcy, like the best plan we're talking about, whether it's BCAAs or EAAs is get enough protein in your diet. That's the key, right? So these things are amino acids. You're going to, they're the building blocks of protein. You get enough protein, you're going to have them. Okay. So that's where I'd say, if you're like, I'm still not quite getting enough and you want to fill in some gaps, I still say get a high quality protein powder, right? Mm -hmm. But if you're wanting, if you want to buy something else, you could get EAAs. The BCAAs don't have all, oh gosh, I've got an alarm going on. Um, They don't have all of the BCAAs are only three of the amino acids. I can't remember. Is it it's isolene? Valine, valine, leucine, and isoleucine. Right. So that's only three of the essential amino acids. You need all of them. Like your body needs all of them to actually make use of them. And so you're not getting what you need. So if you want to get what you need from them, you would need to get EAAs. But the best way to do that and the simplest way and the cheapest way is just to get more protein in your diet. So that's what I'd say. If you're dead set, like I want to buy some kind of supplement with um, amino acids, get essential amino acids, but really you don't need those. Just get enough protein. If you need a supplement for that, get a high quality whey protein. Well, and, and to that point, if you were to get anything, I would say get just straight leucine. I, in my, when I was, gosh, early twenties, I hired a friend who was a bodybuilder and he created a meal plan for me and he had me put leucine powder in my meals because leucine is really what you need to stimulate muscle protein synthesis. So, and it's cheap. It was like, I don't remember how much, but it's cheap. So it's like, if you really cared that much, I would say save your money on the fancy supplements and just get like a straight leucine and add it to something. But again, this is really splitting hairs and focusing on the small rocks. So yeah. And as far as I know, the leucine is still going to need the other amino acids to actually function. So again, just eat enough protein guys. Eat a protein. That's, that's the goal. All right. This, this one is from Danielle Catherine fit. How do you hold on to long-term aesthetic fat loss goals while being kind to yourself throughout? Oh, that's a hard, it's a hard one because a lot of times the, the attitude people have when they have an aesthetic goal is I'm not good enough now. Like I will be happy when Mm -hmm. I will feel good about myself when I will love myself, like myself, whatever, when. And so the trick, and it's hard ladies. So I'm not saying like, oh, you should just feel like this, Um, but practice 
being a person who is kind to themselves, mm-hmm. it's loving to themselves. So thinking about love as an action word versus a feeling about yourself, right? So act loving to yourself now. Don't withhold that until you get to this goal. Frankly, the way we all act is we're always moving the end zone anyway. So you're probably going to get to where you think you are and that's still not going to be enough. And that's another conversation. But what I would say that you could do is speak kindly to yourself, act lovingly to yourself, treat yourself the way you would treat anyone else in your life that you love. You're not waiting to love any of them until they look a certain way, right? Is exactly. We don't do that. Um, and it's challenging to do. It's a practice. Um, that's my best advice there. What do you got to add to that, Marcy? Yeah, I wrote a post about this on Sunday, which was talking about losing the last five pounds because so many people are set on that. If I could just lose these last five pounds, then I would be happy. And it's like, uh, probably not. And like you said, Kim, you're going to move the goalpost. Mm -hmm. So I know for me and what the post was about was this time last year, I went to Lake Tahoe, you know, the weather was beautiful. I was in a bikini and I felt so good in my body. Like it was the probably the best I've ever felt in my body, but I was also like the happiest I had just been in my life and with myself, which was helpful. And then now, you know, fast forward a year and I'm like five pounds heavier. I'm not nearly as lean. Like I've definitely put on hopefully some muscle, but definitely body fat as well. And I'm no less happy than I was back then. So you have to I think allow yourself to one, like be in that position and cultivate a sense of self-trust that I will be okay regardless, you know? And like you said, really start to love yourself, speak kindly to yourself, put yourself in perhaps uncomfortable situations that maybe you were avoiding because your body did not look a certain way because it's changed. It's not where you want it to be. And realize that nothing bad happens, you know? So like the people who love you are still going to love you. And, and really like in my experience too, the times that I felt I looked the best and was the most confident was also the time that I was the most disordered in Mm. my habits, in my thinking and people felt that energy, Mm. you know, And and it made them uncomfortable. If I was, you know, eating differently than everybody else, if I was like, oh no, I can't have that. Or I got to go home and you know, cause I got to get to the gym. Like, you know, people, they don't want that type of energy in their life. I mean, I shouldn't say in their life, but you know, like that's not what somebody loves you for. So right. if you are so consumed on what you look like that you are not fully present, mm-hmm. then yeah, I think people feel that. So yeah. that's something to keep in mind. And, you know, the other thing that I talk about a lot is people care more about how you make them feel than they do about how you look. So the times when I have been, you know, a little bit uncomfortable because I've been sitting in a spot where, yeah, maybe I'm heavier than I want to be and have more body fat than I would like focusing on other people being of service to other people gets me out of my head. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's, great. That's, that's what I've found to be the most helpful. So like have a passion, have a purpose. Don't just, you know, think that your, your self-worth is predicated on what your body looks like. The other thing too, is like bodies are going to change. Mm-hmm. They are 
you know? Yeah. So, yeah. and, and also like, if you have a, a physique goal where you are always moving that goalpost a little bit and it's like, okay, I lost body fat, but now I realize I still don't like how I look. So I'm going to have to put on muscle. It's like, okay, well, you're going to have to get comfortable being uncomfortable that you're going to have to eat more. You're going to lose your leanness. And if that really is your ultimate outcome, then you got to sit in that space. So yeah, finding ways to love and appreciate yourself, you know, where you are in the moment. And that is like who you are as a person, the inherent qualities that you have, and then putting your focus more on, I think, being kind, loving of service to other people. A hundred percent ditto. All right, ladies, I think we're going to end it there. It's been great chatting. We had some good questions. We'll be back next week with Katie, I believe, unless she's still working on her book. It's a nice thing about having multiple uh, hosts here. If one person can't make it, we still have show, right? Exactly. The show goes on. The show goes on. We just kind of pass the mic around to whoever is still available. Uh, We'll catch you all next time. Sounds good. Bye. Hey, bye-bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Decades of Strength podcast. If you liked this, if it was helpful for you, it would mean the world to us if you left a rating and review wherever you're listening. It really does help our work get in front of more people. Thanks so much for being here with you and we'll see you again next week.